1927 Yankees, one of the greatest teams of all time, or the 72 Dolphins. If you're football fans, they were the undefeated team in football. Billy Bean's A's team was a great team, right? Moneyball, right? They put a movie about it. The 2004 Red Sox, beating the curse of the great Bambino. The, what they coined was the Final Five, one of the greatest teams, the greatest women's gymnastics team of 2016. Credited a great team. Maybe we could give a nod to the 2001 Mariners, right? 116 wins, tied for the most wins in Major League Baseball history, and then such a great rise to win this, the World Series that year. <laughs> oh, oh. You got the Jordan era Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, the Jordan era with that great team of Bill Cartwright and Scottie Pippen. And, and uh, you know, people say, you know, some of the greatest supporting cast for the greatest player of all time. Unfortunately, 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 we've got to throw the New England Patriots in there uh, as one of possibly the greatest teams of all time. For me, though, it's one or the other. It was either the 1990. Westgate Cougars fifth grade basketball team. Yep. They had a killer point guard that year. Led them to the championship. They won the championship. I remember it. This is why I remember it. I remember it because the night before the game, I uh, had some friends over to sleep. Some of the basketball team, we slept over, had to sleep over at my parents' house. I fell asleep with this giant wad of gum in my mouth. And I woke up in the morning and it was in my hair. And I, I didn't want to tell my dad because he would have freaked out. My mom probably would have shaved my head that right on the spot. So I actually wore a hood all of warm-ups. And then at the start of the game, I took my sweatshirt off and my dad was like, ah! You know? I mean, it was big. It looked like I had a growth on my head. I think that's why I scored 224 points. They didn't want to guard me. Or, or the other one was uh, 2007. Fall League slow pitch softball. My one claim to fame season playing shortstop for the only undefeated team I've ever been a part of. Uh, I was late 20s, but we beat this team of punk kids that were around 18, 19 years old. I swear they were all like stars in, in baseball, and they tried to convert over to softball, and us old guys at the time taught them a lesson. Um, but there's something about being a part of a, a sports team, Right? Being a part of something that is magical, the experience uh, is something that, uh, to be experience and be a part of something that you know you couldn't do on your own. Being a part of something that would, uh, that it takes a team of people to gather together and do something special, something magical, right? For many of us, maybe many of you in the room can think of a time or a group of people that you feel like that came together for, uh, whether it was a sports team or uh, maybe it was through athletics, or maybe it was through an accomplishing work team, work environment where a team of people and maybe in your workspace got together and, and really did something amazing that you're like, man, I didn't even realize we were gonna get, get that done. Maybe you put your heads together with a group of friends and accomplished something that you sit back and watch and go, man, I can't believe we did, in a good way, in a good way with your group of friends. We got some people that survived homecoming last night. Maybe you can put your heads together and be like, I can't believe we did that. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, or or th the simplicity of starting a family. 
right? Being a part of a family, when you sit back and look, you can go, man, this is amazing to put this together and what we've accomplished as a family. So whether you can recall a time in your life or not, uh, or maybe you feel like, man, that's just really something I haven't been a part of. This morning, I'm glad you're here if that's your case, but if you've also uh, experienced that, I want to talk about something that's probably even greater than that, that is greater than that, based on what I know to be true, right? Talking about something that's, uh, that we all actually have an invitation to be a part of, something bigger than ourselves, the church. And I'm not talking about like uh, Christ the King, Sudden Valley, like lowercase c church. I'm talking like what people call the capitalized C church, right? The bigger church, the, 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 uh, the united church, the larger church at a whole, like I talked about with the kids. People that gather in a belief in Jesus all over the globe, right? And that's the single most important thing in that. But here's, here's what, we, your first fill in the blank, if you're a fill in the blank person, is, is, is just this. The church is so much bigger than you, me, or us together. The church is so much bigger than you, me, or us together. And I say that because oftentimes I think it's really easy, maybe for me, maybe you can relate to this or not, that I can view church as something that's for me, like for you. You can view it and take it as something that, well, it exists for me, to serve me, to fill my need, to help me accomplish something in life. Or another common thing is uh, the church is, is really about me. Jason, man, the pastor of this church. I'm so glad that isn't the case here because I would let you down. I've already priority let you down like nobody's business, right? It's not about me. And I'm so glad that we go, join together and we don't operate that way as a church. And also the, the other one there is us. Us as a church, CTK Sudden Valley. Although we are mighty, we're on the smaller end of church size, right? But we do great things. And I'm so glad that that the church as a whole is bigger than us, that we've got support and we've got people that are joining with us all over uh, the map, all over the world. And so today we're going to take a closer look at that as we've been kind of going through part of this Apostles' Creed. Uh, we've talked about what the Apostles' Creed is and it's how it's a, uh, a, you know, a man-written thing that points back to the truth of Scripture, but that actually... Uh, has stood the test of time for over thousands of years. People, thousand, over a thousand years, people have been reciting it in church and, uh, and, and believing in it. Uh, but but in, in honestly, you can't make this stuff up because God works this way, and I love that he does because he just encourages me like nobody's business. Today, this morning, if you remember a handful of weeks ago, a buddy of mine, Tyler, came out and told us about CTK Blaine, right? And it just happens to be this crazy coincidence that CTK Blaine soft launches today. And here we are talking about the universal church, the church that's bigger than us in this little barn, the church that gathers in many different areas. And this morning, this morning, CTK Blaine, for the first Sunday, launches a, a service. Isn't that amazing? Right? Okay, so we're a part of a big family. But here, here's the kicker, because I remember doing this seven years ago and. And I remember our first Sunday and the Sundays following that. This is what Tyler walked into this morning. You can't see that. So they meet in the community center in Blaine. And not telling Tyler that they decorate for Halloween, Tyler came into spiders in the ceilings, 
Halloween decorations all over the church. How many of you have a healthy fear of spiders that if that was the case here at CDSML might not be here? You're a little anxious that it's even on the screen. Spider. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's just so funny to me. I'm like, man, he's going to have people who are worshiping this morning like, you know? But your blank in your outline is pray for CTK Blaine. And I'm going to do it just here in a second. But Tyler Mitchell is the is a pastor out there, and he's got a great team of leaders that are going to do amazing things for the community of Blaine. He, his coin phrase, as he shared with us, is as or as in heaven, so so uh, so in Blaine, so heaven in Blaine as well. And so uh, let's just join together and pray for them this morning. Lord, I thank you that we are a part of such a large family. Uh, Lord, I thank you for Tyler's heart and how he's come and shared that heart with us. Lord, I lift him up in prayer right now as he's probably wrapping up his message, leading into closing of worship, Lord, that you would touch the hearts of the people that are gathered there this morning, that a fire for you would be ignited in their hearts like maybe never before, Lord, and that you would bless their, their influence, their territory in blame as they gather in, 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 with the goal of spreading your word and increasing your kingdom, Lord. We lift them up to you this morning, together as a church, in your name, amen, amen, excellent. So uh, we've dabbled in this Apostles' Creed now for six weeks, I believe it is. Uh, it's an amazing historical document that I said that has stood the test of time as the church has recited it and believed in it for so long. Uh, and so t- this morning, uh, you know, it's going to be no different. We have recited it every week that we've been doing it, and this morning I would like everybody to stand up, and in, 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 in reciting it, we're also declaring what we believe in, but opposing what is not true, right? Okay? Opposing what we oftentimes can believe as to be lies uh, of the enemy. So let's repeat the Apostles' Creed together. It's in your bulletin if you can't see the screen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. I believe in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. So for today, it seems like to me probably one of the most controversial parts of the creed for us. Uh, Many of you, since... The very first week when we started stating this together, standing and reciting the Apostles' Creed, uh, many of you brought it to my attention that you had a problem with what we're going to be looking at in today's, uh, today's teaching, right? And I even heard it this morning, many of you have even changed the words yourself as we say it. I believe in the Holy Pause Church. I believe in the Holy Christian Church. I believe in God's church, right? 
But in the Apostles' Creed, it actually says, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. And as much as you, know, you maybe don't understand that word or the idea or you've got an ill taste in your mouth uh, from the Catholic Church in general, uh, you know, I hope that this morning we would be able to come up with the reason why the Apostles' Creed says Holy Catholic Church, right? I would hope that after this, we wouldn't have to change the words anymore for the last few weeks, that we'd be able to understand why we say it uh, and, and what it means, all right? So I know it's not new. You've heard me say it before, but uh, the church is not a building, although some churches own and meet in buildings. We meet in a dance barn. Some, some churches have very nice buildings, we struggle to make ours look nicer, and we've done a pretty good job, right? All right? Uh, but I happen to know that the people that built this barn did not build it knowing that God had a plan to have the church meet in it. But yet we're here, and we are the church meeting in it. Right? The Greek word for church, one of the most popular Greek words for church is ecclesia. And it's in a reference that it re- refers to in saying this, that it's not a building, but an actual group of people that gather together, right? That's the church. The church is the people who, like it says in 1 Peter, uh, that they are called out of darkness into the light. That is the church, right? And all, uh, and, and all that put Christ at the top, at the most important with the, the ultimate authority in your life, the Christian churches based in the ones that are founded on Jesus himself. Because really there's no other foundation that we can stand on uh, on this earth. Right? It is a Christian church that acknowledges Jesus at its head. That is the church. In, first, in Colossians 1.18, it says, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. Talking about Jesus. And we talked about that when we talked about Jesus, uh, when we focused on that the second week of the creed. So to believe in Jesus is to believe that you belong to an amazingly dynamic community that stands The centuries told, from back when Jesus died until today, the people who have gathered and spanned the ages are part of the church, and we are a part of the family, all together. The creed says, right, we read it, the creed says, I believe in the holy Catholic church. Now, Catholic church, in its essence, and we'll get into this a little bit more, means universal, but the Catholic Church means, if we break it down, it means the wholeness of Jesus. That you believe in the wholeness and the entirety of the work that Jesus did for us in stating, I believe in the Catholic Church. The word, uh, and I'm not going to be able to even pronounce it, Catholicos, and it's written in that fancy Greek writing there, is according to End the whole, universal, entire, global, worldwide, Catholic, right? So if I, uh, uh, if I liked uh, a bunch of different sports, I'd have a Catholic taste of sports. Does that make sense? Or food. Let's just do food. I like food, right? If I liked a, 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 a gamut of different kinds of wines, I'd have a Catholic taste of wine, 
Not that it's part of your communion and you're like, whoa, you went to the Catholic Church and had some real wine for you. No. It means that I like Sarazi and port, right? I totally pronounce it. Everybody's like, oh, geez, he doesn't even drink wine. He's just kidding. I don't even know. Blonde, right? Is there blonde wine? Anyways. Sorry. Should we just stop? Should we just give up? (laughs) Moving right along. Saying I believe in the Catholic Church is saying that is, is saying that something that is so incredibly personal. Right? It's easy for us to think that this universal, this large church is so daunting and huge, but yet in stating it, we are stating the wholeness of Jesus and what we believe in, which is it rivals all the rest of the Apostles' Creed on something that is so incredibly personal for each one of us to belong in. Is there a goat in here? Is that what that was? No? All right. It's saying that I believe in Jesus Christ in the innermost part of my body because I can relate to others and be and understand that I'm a part of something that is, that is, that is global, that has actually spanned the test of time. And we share in that same explanation and same belief together. Saying I believe in the Catholic Church as much as as some of us might struggle with that because we don't understand it. It's not saying that I believe necessarily in the Pope or I believe in the the Catholic Church that originated in Rome and made its state and claim with the cathedrals in Europe. It's not saying that I join with those people, so to speak. It's saying that I'm a part of something that's even so much bigger than that. It's saying that I'm a part of something that, I'm a part of a story. I'm a part of the story of Jesus and the wholeness of what he did for each one of us under one belief, under one church, right? And listening to some messages, I heard, well, how many churches do you think are in Atlanta, you know? And, and then the guy's like, ha, 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 I got you. There's only one. And that's the case here as well. There's only one church here in Bellingham. There's only one church in Washington. There's only one church in Oregon, California, in all the outermost regions of this world. It's the church that believes in Jesus Christ. It is truly that I've came before us and that all of us making the decision today um, is that I likened the idea of, of um, and this is close to my heart right now, really part of being a part of this largest understanding, larger understanding of it, is I liken it to the idea of uh, Heather and I. Um, we have three kids of our own, and we've brought these two extra kiddos into our life, and uh, we made the decision to go from three kids to five kids, which is crazy. If you've got five kids, man, good for you. Um, <laughs> but if you remember, if you have kids at all, you remember, you probably talk about it with your wife and your, your husband, and you're like, man, how many kids should we have? Should we have one or two or three? Uh, maybe we'll stop at one. Maybe we'll go with two and they're a handful enough. But what, it, what it's likened to me and what I, what I see it with God and, how, and, and what we're actually called to do as a church is that God's standing there saying to us, he's like, I'm not done. I don't have enough children, right? I want more. That there's actually a whole globe of children that I want to bring into my family. I'm going to adopt them here. I'm going to adopt them there. And my family is going to continue to grow, never stopping. 
right? Adopting and bringing more people into his family. That's the Holy Catholic Church. And it's referencing us as Christians as, as, as part of all time, part of this, this overarching family that continues to grow. And it continues, I mean, as it goes back into history, all of us are a part of that family. We are a part of the family of God. We're family. Now, that might scare some of you. Right, that you get to be a part of my family, and that yeah, you're stuck with me as a part of your family. Um, but we're we are family. Some of us worship in a dance barn, right? Some of us in a concert, uh, converted storefront. Some of us in gorgeous old architectural buildings. Some of us have to do it in secret. Some of us in language that that I'll never know, right? Some of us in ways that maybe we would disagree with. And we'll get into that in a little bit. We'd be like, ah, you know, that just doesn't really work for me. <laughs> How many of you enjoy going on vacation? <laughs> wow, good. You're like my wife. She loves vacationing. Uh, whenever we go on vacation, I always try to fight to go to church someplace. Like, if we're gone on a Sunday, I'm like, oh, let's go to church. And it's always, we always talk about, well, really? Like, we go to church every Sunday. Like, we never miss. But here's why I like to do it. I like to do it because I like to see the different way that people worship. So if you go on vacation, go to church. <laughs> go someplace. Because you're gathering with your family. You're, there's family there that you don't know that that's like your one shot at getting to meet some family. But you also get to see a diverse and different way of worship, right? And if you go internationally, if you head off to Mexico or you head off to India or if you head off to Bali or wherever you go, man, go to church. Because they do it so differently, right? I've had the opportunity to go on a handful of missions trips. And uh, hopefully one day we get a share in going on a missions trip together as a church and um, but it's interesting as you gather in these places because they do things so incredibly different. Like I think an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes is like, <clears throat> that's a long time. Man, you go to church someplace else, you might be there a lot longer, right? So, but they just do it differently. And it's good for us to know and understand that culturally and, and language and all that kind of stuff that kind of melds into the idea of being part of this larger church. And I love that in Revelations, we get a pretty clear picture of what that's going to look like, what the church should look like. Revelation 7, 9 through 10 says this. After this, I looked, and this is John talking about what is to come, what the church is to look like in the end. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They're wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Man, I can just picture that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, like, I want to be there and I want to be there on the wall, fly on the wall. And, 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 and so I like to insert myself into that. And I think of that moment where I'm gathered together and I see a sea of saints that that you can't even count, and everybody crying out, and I know they're not saying it in English, right? 
But everybody's crying out, and I have a full understanding of what they're saying. Kind of like if you go to church in Mexico. Like, I, like, I think I can pick out Jesus and, like, Biblia. and Or that's not even, like, Spanish. I don't even know. There's, there's that wine thing again. Um, but, but, but the words are just like you understand what's going on. And I can't wait for that day when we get to do that, gather all together, all tribes, tongues, languages, standing before the throne and worshiping as a family. I mean, that's an incredible view of the diversity that gathers with the common belief, which is Jesus Christ. And, and, and for me, I know oftentimes, and this is kind of like my personal spin on, oftentimes I'm, I'm pretty competitive. So I've coached youth sports a lot, uh, and, and that gets me in trouble, even in like I had a coach the second grade soccer boys game this weekend, and we lost. It's a little rough, but it's second grade soccer, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, it was a struggle even to get here this morning after that loss, you know. But my competitiveness in it is just that. My competitiveness in it is that, man, we've got to do things amazing here. Like, and, and oftentimes I, can, I, I feel myself uh, want to be the best church, like do it differently or do it, you know, do it uh, 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 um, better than somebody else and, and even like maybe even critique another church that's doing it as we visit when we're on vacation. Uh, I was actually a youth pastor at Birchwood Presbyterian Church, which is across town, which is about like three blocks down from Christ the King Bellingham, the big Christ the King Bellingham. And I used to hate Christ the King. <laughs> they would steal all of my youth group kids. I would never set foot in a Christ the King church, honestly. God's got a sense of humor, right? Um, but, but having a view that is of that end revelation church where we all gather together, different beliefs, different, or not different beliefs, but different uh, languages and tribes and cultures that pour into this should, should, should really eliminate any of that arrogance that we have about how we do church. Any of that, like, uh, well, you know, we do it better than they do, or we do it differently, and it's the right way, right? It should eliminate all of that, and we should be excited. And I tell you what, it's, it's really easy to invite somebody from Blaine here to talk about their church, because it's like, none of you guys are going to go to Blaine for church. Like, that's a long drive, right? So I'm safe with that. So it was easy to invite Tyler in. But in all honesty, we need to be really excited about what God is doing in the churches that are gathering around us. We need to be excited that there's actually hundreds of other Christians here in Sudden Valley that choose to go to church someplace else and that they are growing in the Lord and understanding. And we actually get a partner with them. Some of you have shared neighbors who go to different churches who you have really great relationships with. And that's great. But on the flip side of that, I know there's a lot of Christians out here that avoid talking to me in, in fear that I'm like, oh, you know, might try to recruit them to our church. You know, no, like. If you're plugged in, great. Be excited about it. I want to show you a picture that I didn't realize how amazing this was. But here's a picture. Um, this is uh, quarterly. We gather. It's called Pastors Praying for Pastors. And there's a handful of pastors here in Whatcom County that, uh, that, uh, that gathered, that organized this. And there's no asks or anything. We just come together and we just pray for each other's church. The rule is uh, we won't try to, you know, we don't try to, uh, 
get you to sign up for anything, and you can't pray for your own church, right? And so we gather together and, uh, and pray for each other. And, and this was two weeks ago. There were 78 people and over 50 churches represented in the room from Whatcom County. And we gathered together and prayed for each other. In, in the past, we've washed each other's feet. In the past, we've prayed over maps. In the past, we've uh, prayed over those that, uh, that were struggling, right? And there's no posturing in this room. And it's an amazing environment. It helps me get me out of my head. Uh, in, in viewing church, but this specifically, right center, smack in the middle of the screen, there's a kid, there's a kid kneeling there. That's Tyler from CTK Blaine. And 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 in this specifically, we were praying for the new church plants. And I feel like we're still a church plant, but uh, all churches that have started or are starting uh, within the last two years. And there was a handful of pastors kneeling on the ground that we all gathered together and prayed uh, for. And this is what I can assure you, that in Whatcom County alone, there are, well, in this nation, there are thousands of churches that are faithfully preaching the Bible and faithfully proclaiming the gospel to other people. And that should be encouraging to us, that we're gathered together with these things, that, yeah, they might do things differently, and we might think that we do something better because of the way we do it out here, but I'll tell you what, there's things that, uh, there's numerous churches in town that do things a lot better than what we do, and we support each other we support each other in what we are doing. Right? We have our own deficits as a church, and we just look to God to try to, to guide us through this. So may our mouths be praise, be full of praise for what God is doing and for what the stories we hear of people proclaiming the good news outside of the walls of this barn and outside of our neighborhoods. Right? I'm going to let you in on one of my biggest pet peeves. One of my biggest pet peeves are, is people who talk ill of other Christians. Oh, man. Don't do that. Don't do that. You might disagree with them, but if they're focused on Christ, they, and they might be working things out with Jesus, but, man, let's encourage the saints. Let's be a part of the increasing kingdom of God, not tearing it down. That's a little side you can just file that away. And when you've got to complain about another church, take it to somebody else. Right? They may have a different style or a different focus, but really the only thing that we battle together as a collective whole is the devil. And he already lost. So we don't have to worry about that, right? We just call on the one that's greater, mightier, faster. Right? And the church is not a stylistic, consumer-based experience, and that's what we make it when we do that, right? We shouldn't go out, we shouldn't treat church, and the fact that you guys are here, I know you don't do this, but we, don't, we shouldn't treat church as like, okay, well, you know, I had, I had uh, Italian yesterday, and so today I'm going to go have uh, American, and, and, you know, and we're going to jump around and, and, and just feed whatever stylistically fits me. That becomes the church that feeds me my needs, right? But it is, uh, if we look down, uh, if, we, if we make church this consumer-based product, the trouble is, is oftentimes we look at God that same way. That we view and look at God as somebody who meets our needs and is there for us, that we call on him only when we need him or when we think we need him, when really he should be with us always. 
because we're a part of something larger. We're gathering together. And we're going to talk about this next week in the communion or in the uh, the communion of saints and how we operate as a as a as a family and in, in, in based together. And God's plan for us is gathering together and enriching each other and encouraging with each other. I had a conversation with a guy this week who said, yeah, I really love my son to get involved in ministry. And he said, oh. I said, well, well yeah, well, what church are you going to? He's like, oh, I did the church thing for many years. We all know that that doesn't work. And I was like, do you know who I am? Like, <laughs> he lives here in Sutton Valley. But, but that's kind of the mindset we get when we, when we treat church differently than uh, a, 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 a gathering of a family. I, you know, I, even in our own families, if that's the case, like we're isolated ourselves in our families, and that's not God's plan for that. It's actually God's plan that his family would gather together, right? I know I didn't say it was a building, but it is clearly in Scripture that part of God's plan is that we gather together as the church, and that's what we do when we do this, right? It is part of God's plan. And, and, and to view the church the other way, or like the guy said, well, you know, I've, I've done church, it just doesn't work. I'm gonna tell you something that I know to be true, that people have been messing up God's kingdom since day two in the garden, right? So don't let that affect the idea that we gather together and supported by each other and gathering together as a family, as a church. And I love that you guys are great at this. I'm not welcoming this when I say this, but I love that I don't get the Monday morning emails. There's a lot of pastors. I don't know if you've heard about this. There's a lot of pastors that get Monday morning emails. Right? The music's too loud. Uh, you know, uh, was that really biblical? Like, seriously? Uh, you know, or like, oh, you know, you said this, or why are we doing this, or why are we doing that? I'm like, I don't get that. It leads me to believe that we're just killing it as a church, right? <laughs> we're just knocking it out of, no. It leads me to believe that we all feel like we're a part of a family that's bigger than, than the little things that might bug us occasionally, right? We're a part of something that's bigger than ourselves and what we think should be right, right? The church is somewhere you belong, not somewhere you attend. The church is somewhere you belong, not somewhere you attend. This isn't the place where you just merely attend. This is a place where you belong. And not only you, not only you, anybody that walks through that door belongs here. Anybody and everybody that walks through that. Pat him on the knee after I say that? Man. You do belong here. <laughs> just embarrassed front row. That's not going to sit in the front row again, that's for sure. Um, no, but this is a place where all of a sudden it makes us realize that it isn't about me. It isn't about me, and it isn't about you. It's about our belief and faith and trust in Jesus, and that's the most important thing. The one thing we really share is the gospel that brought, that we all bought into the price that was paid for each one of us, that we're all called by one king into his kingdom, and that we all belong to that kingdom. It's that, we're, that we get together and it isn't about a building or a location, 
but uh, that when we gather, we gather together as a very large family of believers that spans all of time. And because of that, we are encouraged with one another. That we actually pick each other up. That we actually comfort each other when comfort's needed. That we actually kind of get messy. And next week we'll talk about this. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes there's friction. But we deal with it. And we grow together as a church. Because that's God's plan. Amen? Let's pray.